the volume. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. Jenkins and Jones is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones. It's Monday, July 5th. Uh, There is a thick layer of fireworks smoke over Southern California right now as we're getting ready for our NBA Finals preview episode. Uh, Sticking around, we'll be joined in just a couple minutes by Langston Galloway from the Phoenix Suns, who woke up early on his off day to to talk about the NBA Finals with us, which was cool and very crazy. Um, As always, the co-hosts of Jenkins and Jones are Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And LeJethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. What's up, Bubba's? I hate going after Tyler because I'm halfway laughing because his tongue just like my tongue get fat as fuck on him. Fell intro, out bro. onto my fucking keyboard. You know what I mean? And now I gotta try to speak. Like, looking at this motherfucker, man. I will tell you that when when we're recording too early in the morning, it was Monday morning. We we John well John's up early anyway. I woke up early for the podcast. That's when I I do Tyler's name first to give us a little extra energy. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Um. All right. We've got the match up uh for the finals is going to be sons bucks obviously we're talking about it with langston in a couple minutes but um i wanted to get your guys's take on first of all did we call anything right with the hawks the entire fucking playoffs i feel like every single thing we predicted was incorrect um i don't know if i had them necessarily getting past the bucks i think that's when i when i finally got it right i think but. when it was two two i think the podcast was like 
the yeah. Hawks look good because Trey's going to come back. Giannis is going out. And then they lost the next two. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. Yeah. Chris Middleton. He became, that, the, he became the LeBron James of Chris hey, Middleton. I'm, I'm, I'm low key. I'm, 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 I have a take, nigga. Like, <laughs> motherfucker. Get it all. Is this Chris Middleton's team, nigga? Like, no, you know no, what I mean? Nope, nope, nope. We are not going to do that. Absolutely not. No. No. Late game. Late, late game. Chris Middleton's the one that steps up. You know what I mean? But no, obviously not. Obviously not. But he is, he, I mean, he's become a, he's, Proven himself, like any doubters that we had, doubts we had about Chris Middleton, it's a wrap. The man has looked great. The funniest thing to me about Giannis not being American is, and this is a really underappreciated part of his personality. When people ask him these questions, like Chris Middleton, you know, being the guy in the fourth quarter, his inability to understand why certain things are narratives to the American media is so fucking funny. Because he's he looks at it from a collectivist, non-American perspective that's not like just sucking the dick of the alpha male narrative like nonstop. He's just like, I have a great teammate who's playing great in the fourth quarter. Why would I not be excited about this? But like, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't even get why they're asking him the question. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, that whole question was the was the total setup for the whole. If you're not the man late in the game, you're not the man on your team. And Yana's like, man, I don't give a shit. Get the ball to the hot guy. Let him cook. Like, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like the same shit when he said KD was the best player in the yeah, world. Like everyone's yeah, like, oh, Giannis yeah. has given up. He's rolled over. He went out there and gave KD that work in that game seven. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if it's because he's Greek. I just think that's Giannis. I think if Giannis was a John, he'd be he'd still be himself. You know what I'm saying? I think Giannis is just an honest dude. He's just like it, it seems like his personality. You know what I mean? More than like where he's from, you know what I mean? Because I, I bet there's some other people from like that are, that would come in from Greek and be swinging off of somebody's, you know, alpha just, male narrative. You know, it's what just I mean? a, but it's but it's a but it's a very like you have to be the best team, you have to be the best person. It's a very yeah. American. Like no one ever asks a, a a star soccer player in England like, do you feel threatened by your goalie making a great save? You know what I mean? It's like a uniquely <laughs> like. And it's a quarterback, it's a football quarterback driven thing. You know what I mean? That it's like, and we, we, we talked about on the show, like that's what has always made KD so fascinating to me is personality wise. He's just not, I want to be an amazing, I want to be one of the best basketball players in the world. I don't need to be the fucking guy. I don't want to talk to the media. Like, (laughs) you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like personalities of actual people don't always line up with the narrative that the media wants for that, you know, especially in the playoffs. That's my feeling about it. Kevin Durant just wants to be Kevin Durant. And that's good enough. <laughs> I'm Kevin Durant. You heard of me, haven't you? You know, right? Like, that's all I got to be, my nigga. Kevin, Dur- <laughs> you, Kevin Durant you said, me? You feel me? Kevin Durant got on Twitter on the 4th of July to say he's he's deleting tweets because it's part of his brand. <laughs> shit ever. Yo, he is leaned in and thank God for that. But yeah, I just think, yeah, I don't, I don't know. In soccer, if somebody like notoriously was not good in big moments, would they not ask you that question overseas? Because it seems like it's a similar type of, I mean, to a degree, it's fairly similar in that. Basketball in that is a unique sport in that it, it can be so dominated by one person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that uncommon for a, a, the top soccer player in the world to not score a goal in a game. For sure. You know what but I mean? I mean, yeah, yeah. But in, in big games, if you're just trash. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you just, you know, you, 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 you're underplaying in big games, big moments. You for know sure. what I mean? 
the 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 bit the personality well, PKs, you the, know the, what I mean? The, like, pers- yeah. Yeah. the personality I mean? <laughs> thing, the personality thing is is sports media, I feel like across the world, but it's just more of a tabloid celebrity thing in it, like overseas. Whereas here okay. it's like you're proving your worth yeah, as yeah. a person. Yeah. You let someone else shoot. I mean, we've seen that with Braun his whole career. You let someone else take the last shot. You know, it's just how dare you earn your 37 million or whatever the fuck. (laughs) They're like, I did that. bitch ass (laughs) So, so what do you guys think about Suns Bucks? Um, Where do you think the series is going? Who are you rooting for? I mean, it's, it's all about Giannis, right? Like Giannis tips the scales for me. If if Giannis was healthy, I would think that the Bucks, you know, probably take, I think this is going to go six or seven. If we get Giannis at some point in this series. Um, but now, you know, I'm, I'm leaning, I'm leaning bucks six. If we don't get Giannis, I mean, not bucks six, sun six. If we don't get Giannis. I was going to say, Ooh, shit. Bro. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> spicy. Okay. Getting real spicy. Let me write that down. Cause, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I mean, I think, I think Suns, regardless, even if the book, even if Giannis was playing, I mean, they, they, you know, I, I just, I think the Suns. I don't know. It, it, there's something about that team, guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I truly believe they got it this year. I think they got it this year. Booker's been on the down. Like, he's been, like, we talked about, he's been thinking a lot. He hasn't played as well as he as he had, did during the year or, or, or series earlier. So, I think he's going to switch it around this series. I think he might go fucking off on these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like, so, I don't know, bro. I, Booker in the finals, not giving a fuck, pulling up with the old school. I think he's going to drag his nuts all over the place. Maybe that's just what I hope he does. You know what I'm saying? But I think I think the Suns got it. I say You're talking with your six. heart. That's yeah, your heart. Yeah, talking. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's more fun <laughs> that way. You know. But what I, mean? but, but, but I I do think it, Tyler said it literally in the NBA preview test show we did in fucking November or whatever. Like Chris Paul is making everything as simple as possible for DeAndre Ayton. He's just going out there hooping. He's 17 and 17, fucking walking on the court. Right. Um, Guaranteed. And 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 CP3, you know, narrative, whatever, 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 like he's doing, he's accounting for the fact that Devin Booker is going to play like it's his first time this late in the playoffs. Like, the, and Monty Williams, clearly the game plan is not what the Hawks game plan ultimately was, which is like Trey's going to give us 40 and keep us in it no matter what. Like very clearly they're planning for Devin Booker having some nine of 23 nights. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, Booker against the, like, when it matters, you know what I mean? Booker has been a fucking animal. You know what I mean? It's like, actually, I wouldn't say that because there were some big moments in certain games. He's had had some games where he struggled, but they also haven't had a lot of super high-pressure shit because they've been cleaning everybody up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But in the, I guess the 2-1 game, he wasn't all that, you know, anyway. But, I mean, the, the closeout games in the series prior, he was fucking swinging all over the place. You know what I mean? So... Whatever, but nigga, 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 nigga. Can we stop talking about basketball? You got your basketball, you got your niggas. Now we can move on. Let's talk about some other shit. Please, goddamn. Fuck. And keep this shit in here, man. Let these motherfuckers know how I feel. Shit. Shakari, 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 Shakari. Let's talk about that shit. The NBA Finals are finally here, and FanDuel Sportsbook has a championship offer you don't want to miss. Because during the finals, new users get 30 to 1 odds on either team or team, that's going to be the Suns or the Bucks, to win their next game. That means you can win $150 on a $5 bet. Uh, I like the Suns to come out. We obviously, talking to Langston Galloway, we've been enjoying the Suns run through the playoffs. So I think that would be my bet for game one. 
With FanDuel Sportsbook, there are more ways to win on FanDuel during the NBA Finals. And when you do win, getting your money is a layup. You'll get paid in as little as 24 hours. Just sign up with the promo code J ampersand J. Again, that's J ampersand J to bet the NBA Finals with 30 to 1 odds. Once again, that's promo code J ampersand J to unlock 30 to 1 odds on either team to win their next game exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Disclaimer, 21 and over and present in Colorado, Indiana, or New Jersey. Must wager in designated offer market. $10 first deposit required. $150 max bonus. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana or 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. So, you're a sports fan. That's why you're listening. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource, the Action Network. The Action Network is where fans go when they're ready to bet smarter and turn a profit betting on sports. In fact, their free Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. With the Action app, you can see the latest picks and articles from Action Network gambling experts, as well as personalities like Colin Coward. You can compare odds from different sports books and track every bet you make so you always know how your picks are doing. So if the game means more to you, download the free Action Network app and start betting smart. All right, our special guest today uh, has got way better things to do than talk to us. He's getting ready for the NBA Finals. He's a member of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, hailing from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is Langston Galloway. Langston, thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, let me join you guys today. So, so what? What's life like? We're we're talking to you early Monday morning. You have a finals game tomorrow night. What's what's it, what's it like, man? You know, I mean, what what's it like getting ready for this round and and just having the lights come on a little brighter and everything? No, I mean, it really doesn't. I mean, from my standpoint, it doesn't seem like we're here yet. Like until we start playing and we're like the game is like actually like upon us and like you're getting ready pregame and all that. Like right now, it just feels like a normal day, like normal Monday, like waking up, getting ready for the kids to, to get going. But I think tomorrow when I wake up, <laughs> I know I'll be like amped. I'll be ready to go and, and knowing, hey, look, this is, you know, this is really starts to the, the journey to, hey, winning a championship. Sure, for sure. So Langston, man, how how has the ride been? Because, you, you know, you came on board. This is your first season with them. Like when you signed with Phoenix this offseason, I want you to shoot straight with me. Like these weren't the 2017 Warriors where you're like, oh yeah, finals definitely guaranteed. Like, <laughs> like how crazy has this ride been from you signing on board? I mean, did I mean I think a lot of us expect the Phoenix to take a leap this season? I had them being like a five or six seed, you know, maybe getting to the second round, which would have been a great leap, but you guys have a chance to win it all. So how has that ride been? Yeah, no, from from signing on, uh, you know. Off season last year, like I was like, all right, let's just make the playoffs. Like, that's all I was worrying about. Like, hey, look, let me get on the team, make the playoffs. I get a lot of exposure, be able to, you know, get my my rep up, everything up, and then I can kind of like, hey, make my situation go get better for next year. But uh, but yeah, who would have thought us making it to the finals? Like, I mean, the, the team that we have, like a lot of guys, just come together. Uh, the chemistry has really been rocking and. I think ever since we beat the Lakers, like our confidence has been through the roof. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, once you knock off the champs, like your, your confidence, uh, just everything, just, uh, it feels different. Yes. And, uh, and that's just how we feel right now. We feel like, Hey, we, we're going to go out here and win this championship. But 
at the same time, too, we got to take it one game at a time and, and uh, take care of, uh, you know, all the, all the small intangible stuff. Did you know you had a chance at the finals before the Lakers? Or was that the point when it's like, oh, shit, like, we could do this. We could do this, you know what I mean? So so, so going into the playoff, well, going into us clinching, I think we all looked at, all right, well, if we, we can match up with either Portland, Lakers, or Golden State. Then you had a play-in game. Mm -hmm. Play-in game happens. You know, it's Lakers versus Golden State. We're going to play one of those two teams. Bang, play the Lakers. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hesitation because everybody is like, oh, you guys got the Lakers. Like, y'all not going to get past them. Like, you know, that's... that's I, that's said it. It. I, I said it. I said that shit 100%. <laughs> like, that like, everybody, like, everybody wrote us off. Right. Like, man. But I told, I told somebody this. I was like, man, this is going to be the greatest upset in in the history of two and seven seasons. Like, we're two seed, and we're going to upset the seven seed. Like, that's literally what it was. <laughs> And so, so everybody. Like, That's the way to look at it, you feel me? It's like everybody was like, "Man, y'all somebody get smashed." Like the Lakers, like y'all had a great run. It's like what? Like we're a two seed. Like we're supposed to knock them off, but nobody looked at it like that. And um, you know, once we won that series, I feel like we got a little respect, but it wasn't like, "Oh man, like y'all y'all got a chance to win it all." Nah, then we just said, "All right, we beat them." Mm. Now we got to play against the MVP. It's like, all right, mm -hmm. now like. Yeah, I don't know if y'all be able to get past them, man. You know, MVPs playing at a high level, get past them. It's like, all right. Y'all cook them. Y'all ain't just get yeah. past them. <laughs> yeah. And then they them, like, oh. boys. Up. <laughs> the Clippers, it's like, all right, you know, PG, Kawhi, like y'all not gonna get past them. Like every series has been like, man, there's no way the Phoenix Suns can get past them. And then we get past them. And it's just, you know, it's just proving the proving the dollars wrong. That's all it's been all season long. And uh, you know, just another opportunity to do it again. Well, uh, we're uh, we're officially, I believe, us. Uh, we've officially been a Suns podcast since you beat the Nuggets. So we're we're <laughs> we, you've converted the Jenkins and Jones podcast for sure. You you mentioned kind of the team dynamic. I wanted to ask you about that. We've been joking like you guys feel more like a college team than an NBA team. Like the the chemistry is so obvious on that team with maybe Chris Paul being like the RA of the dorm or something. But like, <laughs> take, take us inside the locker room. Like what is the dynamic like on that team? How close are you guys? And what's the difference between you play for the Knicks and the Pistons? What's the difference? Like, how is it different having a team that's closer together this year? No, I, I think you have, um, from our standpoint, we, we look at our whole team as like, I guess you quote unquote young. Like they, they say, Hey, our core is young. But the way we we look at it from the old, like I'm an older guy on the team, and it's like you look at this as an opportunity to help other guys get better. But then also too, they help us, like you know, they help the the guys that have been in the league for a few years now, like really get what we need to get. Like it, it, it's been fun. It's been it's been a fun ride um, thus far, and um, uh, it's you know it's a lot of joking, a lot of playing, uh, you know. When you have a lot of younger guys, everybody's clowning each other, everybody's yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. doing, you know, all, all, everything that you could think of that, that you know, keeps every, all the camaraderie, all the, the you know, just the good times rolling. Like, that's 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 our team, really. And uh, that's what that's what makes us makes us a really fun team when, you know, when when you're around us and, uh, and see what, how special it is. Does Chris Paul join in with the joking? Because he definitely seems like a dude who steps in the locker room like, hey, 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 cut all that noise out. He definitely seems like... We're preparing for a finals, guys. Come on. <laughs> Settle down now. It's past 10, you know what I mean? No, 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 no. CPA, like I said, everybody joins in. It's not just one, like, specific guy or nothing like that. It's everybody. 
everybody's, you know, clowning on each other. And, and it just it just goes back and forth there on a daily basis. So that's what keeps the, the, the locker room light. And, um, and, and, you know, it's been fun because we look at we're not built around a big three or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We're just a team that just come together throughout the year. And then, like, the culmination of everything is like, hey, look, we're here. We're at the, at the finals. And, hey, we're trying to win this thing. What's the difference in the approach since, uh, you know, compared to the teams prior? Because, like, the Kings, Pistons, Knicks, when you were playing for them, Bro. Eh, you know what I mean? Like, this is a totally different experience right now. Like, what's the difference in the approach throughout the year or just, like, game to game, you know what I mean? Uh, I think the approach would probably be um, – it's just, it's just, like, on a daily basis. And and I, and I give a lot of credit to, to Monty. It's like mm-hmm. he's, he's put it in our heads, like, hey, look, uh, we got to keep getting better. Or like, hey, we were going like a four and five game winning streak and say, hey, we got to keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, you know, we're good, but we're not great. Like, you know, we still have a lot of room to grow. And then it's like, uh, our mentality too was, we're not going to lose two in a row. We're not going to lose two in a row. And it's like, that's, if you carry that mindset throughout a season, you look up and your records, you know, you, you, you have a really good record. So it's like, that's how you have to look at every single game and I think that um that's that's been the biggest difference between other teams that I've been on compared to this one it's like we I don't, I don't mean we might have lost two in a row maybe once but I don't I don't even think we did like I mean so uh it, it, it really uh has carried over and um that's that's how that's how good we've been this year that's how good we've been we've got some more questions about the Suns and the playoffs and everything but I wanted to talk about your story a little bit um I mentioned before we hopped on, I'm a, I'm a local sports writer. So I see, I see what a big deal it is when a guy just mm-hmm. makes it pro yep. in Europe. You know what I mean? Like coming from the inner city. Like I know those guys aren't seen by national media as a success, but I see how that could change a whole family's course and everything. You have one of the craziest stories I've seen. You go from undrafted to back-to-back 10-day contracts with the Knicks and end up making the all-NBA rookie team. Um, what was that? I want to know about the pressure of those 10 day contracts of like, man, I was the man in high school. I was the man in college. And now I'm like, I'm right here on the edge doing the D league stuff. And then you get that opportunity. Like, what was that like for you? And, and kind of how crazy was that like busting through and then, and then getting to sign that contract? After yeah, those, no, I mean, after um, 10 days? you know, the, the first couple of games was definitely nerve wracking just cause I was like, so amped up because I, I, you know, I, I've reached my dream, but it's like, hey, I want to stay here. I don't want to go back to playing in the D League at the time. And um, right, how many games is that? That's a short window. Yeah. Uh, I think I think end up, the ten day ended up being like okay. four or five yeah. games. Like that was it. That was four or five games. But it was like it was it was weird because you know I think it was see, the first ten days were ten day mm-hmm. was six games because. We had a, I got there, it was a back-to-back. So we played the Wizards and we played the Houston Rockets mm-hmm. on a back-to-back. So that, that like, that helped me out because I had two games, like, like bang, bang, like, and it, and it got my the jitters, mm-hmm. it got everything out of there. So it's like, first game, really nervous, scored a couple points, cool, all right, now nah, the jitters are going. Then I, I didn't even have a day of practice. I like, went right back into the next game, like, all right, we got to play. So next, the next day, play the Houston Rockets. I think it was a TNT game and we, I didn't have no chance like to think of like, Hey, look, the, the, the hypeness of the game or anything like that. I was just like, Hey, look, I'm out here. Let me just try, try to hoop. And I actually had a, you know, a heck of a performance. So, uh, that was like, it kind of like relaxed me, you know, all my friends talking at home, man, don't get caught <laughs> in the box. Oh, <laughs> yes. so, so that, 
So that, that, that eased me, that eased me in. Uh, it just threw me in the ringer and I just had, you know, I had to either uh, survive or, you know, so uh, that, that was that was a huge thing. And once I got past those two games, like everything else, like I had two vets in the locker room that, that were behind me. Uh, you know, I had Lou Almason and, and, uh, and Lance Thomas and, and they both were like in my ear, like they've been through situations like that with me, uh, that, like the same situation that I was going through. And it was like, hey, look, don't worry about it. Don't get the big head. Like, just stay the course. Like, it's going to be day by day. Keep doing what you're doing and everything going to work out. And uh, it's so funny because they texted me the other day when we made the championship. He's like, man, I've been, I've been, you know, thinking you're going to win one the whole time. Like, knowing that from that that point to now, like, it's crazy how, you know, yeah. seven years have gone by. But it's, it's cool That's to, cool. you know, see that that culmination. Can I, let me, let me, let me, let me sneak one more in. What, what's that like at the end? So you're 10 days, 10 days. Which is again, we just said it. It's a real short window. It's like your whole life, all the dreams up to that window, and then you signed, I believe, a two-year deal yep. after the second ten-day. So all of a sudden, you go from "I'm trying to make it in," "I'm trying to make it," "I'm trying to make it in" to I don't know. I mean, I know a little. I know a couple of dudes from Baton Rouge, and I know the contract you signed probably would go as far in Baton Rouge yeah. as it would go in Long Beach, where I'm from. Yeah. That's money, right? I mean, that's life-changing sure. contract right there. Like, what was that moment like? You go from I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make it to they put the paper in front of you. And it's like, oh, shit, yeah, no, nah, I mean, um, <laughs> really excited. Uh, everybody in my, you know, and their mama was calling me, texting me like, yo, man, congrats, this and that. But at the same time, too, it's like uh, I knew that, you know, if I wanted to make it in this league, I had to make a make a statement. And I think that that was my mindset the whole time getting that contract. But it's like, all right. You know, I've I've gotten here, but like I don't want to go back. And you know, that's how fast the league is. It's like you'll be in there for a minute and guys are going the next. So it's like, all right, let me just keep going, keep chipping away. And then all of a sudden you look up and I make the all rookie team. And it's like, wow, like, you know, that's it's, it's hard to come by. But you know, I, I made it that year. So it was it was uh, just very, very, very fortunate, very blessed. How do you prepare for a 10 day? Like you don't even know the sets yet. You know what I mean? Like like how do how do you even prepare for that? You know to be able to play when you know when you haven't had a practice. Uh yeah, I think that uh, playing with the Knicks, like the organization, like the smaller unit, I understood what they okay. were trying to do. So it wasn't it wasn't like I was like thrown into something completely different, but it was like I knew similar sets, mm -hmm. calls, defensive schemes, all that. So it it made it made it. A easier adjustment. I say easier. Mm -hmm. It wasn't easy, but it was an easier sure. adjustment. I have, I have, I have one important question. What, what did Chris Paul say to Pat Bev? What, what, what? <laughs> I heard what was said, but I don't know if I heard what was actually said. So, so let, let me, let me, let me like rephrase the whole question because it wasn't that he said anything in that mm -hmm. moment, right? When he pushed him and nothing like that. It was, it was like the culmination of the series, right? So game five, like they were talking all cash, like trying to like just, just rile mm -hmm. us up. Like it was just, it was just crazy. Cause he was like, oh, we about to come back. Just y'all ain't got it. Like it just, it was just too much stuff. Like everybody, like, and it, it wasn't just him. It was everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like the Clippers in general, like they all just talk trash and it just like, it is what it is. But then game five came and it, they took it to a whole nother level where like, we going we going back to LA. We gonna stomp y'all. This like it, it, you know, it was just a lot of you know a lot of other words yeah. said, but it's just like that's that was how it yeah. went. And so when we got to Game Six, 
you can start seeing it pull away, pull away, pull away. And then we started talking, talking, talking. And they just, you know, they, they got they feeling. Like, feeling like, all right, well, this <laughs> this it. Like, you know what I mean? Like our season's over. And then, you know, a couple couple shots here and there. And then dudes like looking at each other, hey, just it, we we just got the best of them, and, and they was they was just you know they were like little kids. They were just I, upset. Love, I, I love I love the even for Pat Bev. I was say, oh, I, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but but I will say this. I will say this. We gonna remember that for the rest of our life. Yeah. Our team and like every individual. Like not saying that we can go back and push nobody in in the, in, the, in the back mm-hmm. or nothing like that. But we gonna remember that. Like you know what I mean? Like that's that's gonna something that's gonna stick with everybody on our team for the rest yeah. of our careers going forward. And, and you know how sure. we look at people I, differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I I I love the the game by game breakdown of how the Clippers fuck around and found out. Like basically, that that, that was the, the breakdown, man. <laughs> right? But, um, but you know, going to 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 game six, that closeout game where Chris Paul just put on a fucking performance of the ages, right? Forty one ran off uh, fourteen yeah, yeah. sixteen points when 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 the Clippers made it close when they got to within eight. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a running joke on Twitter that. You know, they give all the credit to Chris Paul, even went on shit that he didn't have his hands in. But, you know, for someone who's in that locker room, like, what would you say Chris Paul's impact is? Oh, it's huge. It's huge because yeah. you know that uh, it's, sometimes it's like it's the scoring. Sometimes it's the assist. Sometimes it's just him taking care of the ball for some yeah. games. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, if you can take care of the ball, not turn it over, have a couple assists here and there, like, that's huge. And that goes a long way. And, and it carries over to everybody else. And then also too, it's like the confidence builder. Like he is, he's the culmination of like keeping everybody together, keeping the confidence like real high. Like, oh, we about to go out here. We about to, like, you know, it just it just how we look at each and every game. So, uh, I mean, hey, he he's been he's been steady year round, and uh, hey, I, I don't think it's I don't see it changing. You know, no time soon. If you guys are able to win four more games this season. I think one of the defining moments and a play that will go down really in NBA history was the Valley Oop um, to win that game. What was that moment like? I mean, you're down one with that little time left. It's tough. You know, what, 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 what's the bench thinking? You see the play get drawn up. And then what was that moment like when the ball went through and you realized, oh, my God, that's like one of the crazy yeah, I mean, things. Yeah, I mean, at first, like, everybody was kind of upset because they were like, is that goaltending? But then, you know, you had to think back real fast, you know, when you got to get your, 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 your rule book out and like, oh no, you can, you can do that. You can do that at the end of the game. That's and That's just a rule that they. Aiden said he didn't know either. He said he just trusted Monty on that one. So yeah. Right, right. He was going to blame Monty if it <laughs> <Yeah>. was goaltending. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what's crazy. Cause it, it, it almost could have went in mm-hmm. from the angle that he shot it. It literally was going in the basket and just, Luckily, that DA touched it, it worked out because that ball would have went in if, if you know if he wouldn't have touched it. But yeah, that, that was that was a great play, and, and everybody says, "Oh man, we walked walked through that." Nah, we never walked through that play and nothing like that. But it was it was something that we had worked on. It was a fake alley oop, and then like a, like somebody was coming off to the corner for for a three. I think it was book coming off for a three. That was the play, but DA just happened to. Uh, no, it was a uh, Jake. Who was coming up? No, no, it was a uh, some whoever went up to the corner. I forgot who went yeah. to the corner, but uh, that ended up being the perfect setup because books at the real screen. And uh, I mean, hey, mm-hmm. right, 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 right. Books at a real screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was real. I mean, that was the unsung yeah. hero of that moment. Um, 
So, I mean, because I think the underrated part of that play, we talked about it a lot on the pod, was we told everyone, go to any park near you, stand yeah. where Jay Crowder was standing, yeah. and try and throw that pass. No, you no, won't get it no. once in a hundred times. So he never – he didn't work on that. Like, that's not – that wasn't part of the plan. Hey, if we're in this situation, he just – had that yeah, just put it right there. It right I mean, there. and that's what we kept looking at the clock. Like, all right, you know, it's point nine on the clock. Like, if you throw it by the rim, like, hey, some if DA most of the times can out jump mm-hmm. whoever is guarding them. So, hey, look, that that we're gonna trust in that. That that that'll be the ideal play, and and especially to win that game like that without CP, like especially mm-hmm. the first two games, like that's huge. That was huge. That was huge. What has seeing CP play meant for you? Like, what have you taken personally? from like watching him do what he's doing at this age. You know what I mean? It's pretty insane for us. Like, but as a point guard in the league, what does it mean for you? No, it's huge. It's huge because I I, I have a lot of stuff to work on this summer. And, uh, and you know, throughout this year, it's like I've been working on stuff while he's been, you know, doing this thing and whatnot. But from, from afar, like, okay. I need to work on that. Like, you know, just mental check notes mm-hmm. for, for me going forward. Like, all right, you know, put this in my notepad. Put that in my notepad. Okay, all right, I need to work on that. Okay, all right, what, picking his brain, trying to figure out things that he he looks at or mm-hmm. sees. Like, we sit right next, to, right next to each other on the bench. So I'm always, like, asking, hey, what do you see out there? What do you, what do you think we should be doing better? And, you know, his his, his vocal is, is I mean, it's, it's crazy because he he's able to communicate with the guys. Like, hey, look, this is what I'm seeing mm-hmm. out there. Or hey, look, we need to pull this together, you know. So it's always something that uh, is really important for us going forward. So I, I'm always trying to see, see, hey, how can I learn? I wanted to ask you about. I mean, the it, the playoffs are a different animal, and I, this is obviously your first, you know, kind of deep run of this kind that you've been a part of. But you're having individually, um, your shooting percentages are up. You're having your best three point shooting year. You know, you, you can obviously see that's something you worked on. But in the playoffs, the minutes tighten up. So you go from rotation player contributing, scoring every game to it's those minutes are harder to come by, obviously, the deeper you get in the playoffs. Is that difficult on an individual level or is the team success so kind of invigorating that, you know what I mean, that you you're, you stay locked in? Like, I would just imagine that practicing, knowing every game plan, like week after week, when you're not getting in there for 20 minutes is, is harder. Like what's that experience been like for you just on an individual level? Yeah, no, it's been, it's been tough. I won't say it's been easy because, you know, as a competitor, you want to be out there uh, playing and especially the year that I was having, like, you know, I was uh, playing uh, through a stretch and was, was, you know, averaging, you know, 10 points a game, shooting for 45 on a clip. Uh, so, I was almost like, if I look at my stats for the year, like I, I was at a point where I was 50, 40, 50, 40, 90, but I was shooting 50, 50, 100 yeah. for, for most of the year. Uh, then I, then I missed one at the end, but uh, it's crazy because, uh, you know, as, as a competitor, I'm, I'm, I'm going to root my team on, team on and I'm never going to have my pride in the way that's going to take me out of a situation or, you know, whatever's next. Maybe this might be a situation where I need to learn from you know, going forward in my career. And then when my, my turn comes, my, my opportunity comes, you know, I make the most of it. So that's that's how I look at everything in, in my career. It's like, it's an opportunity for me to learn from it uh, and just continue to prove my, you know, it's a lot of doubters right there right now, like that are looking at, oh man, this guy's riding the bench, this and that. But it's like, you know, it's, it's good. It's motivation for me going forward in the summertime, knowing that, okay, when I get my opportunity, 
Hey, I, I don't want to hear none of that. So that's 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 all I look forward to. Well, you just said, I mean, there's usually space anywhere for a dude who's shooting 50, 50, 90, <laughs> yeah. you know, 50, 50, 99. <laughs> right, yeah. right, 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 right. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, you mentioned a little bit at the beginning, but I, I wanted to really ask you about this. What's the confidence level like for you guys? I mean, is it just straight up like we are about to go win the championship? Like, it just seems like everyone has that feeling right now. Yeah, no, nah, that's it. That's all we we have had on our mind. Uh, I think, like I said, we had the Lakers series and we won that series. Our confidence went up like, you know, a thousand. And then now looking back, like when we were in the Denver series, we were talking about this moment, like, hey, look, we got past the hardest team out there because, you know, going going through LeBron, going through the defending champs, like that's that's the hardest team you got to play against right there. And going through them, we just felt like, all right, there's nobody else here that can stop us. So we, we feel like, hey, look, these four more, like, you know, even though it's going to be a battle every single night and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot of, just blood, sweat, and tears involved in this. We 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 feel like, hey, we we are gonna win this all. We're gonna win all. Going back to you know, um, you 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 mentioning kind of you know adjusting from the the regular season to the playoffs. I remember uh, Steve Kerr said something very interesting in the last dance that I'd never really considered in all my years of being a basketball fan. He was like, you know, of course the pressure is always on the the stars in the playoffs. He said, but rotation guys, we get four or five shots a game. And those four or five shots a game become way bigger in the finals than like a midseason game versus the Hornets. You know what I mean? So that's something that I never considered. But like, you know, I, I know you're you're definitely ready for 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 that challenge. But have you guys like done any type of um, um, scouting so far on the on the Bucks? Have y'all been in the film room on them yet? Or oh yeah yeah no, we're already locked in. Uh, once we we knew that well we we had a couple of days where we. I had one day in between knowing that hey, we finished our series, we can watch uh, clips on us, take care of like, hey, what we need to take care of going forward. Then we had a day where, all right, let's let's get ready, prepared, knowing that they're about to play tonight. Whoever we play, Atlanta, Milwaukee, we're going to scout both of them, watch their game. Okay, we got Milwaukee. Come in the next day, all right, let's, let's, let's lock in on us. But also, too, we know what we need to do for Milwaukee. And in the day, we got another – they will be able to, you know, be at the gym and uh, just say, just take the small bits and pieces knowing how they're going to play. But this first game is going to be a filling out anyway, so it doesn't even matter how, you know, you come into a game and adjust and this and that. You just got to come into the first game knowing that, hey, look, both teams are going to come out swinging, trying to see who can get the upper ground. And then from then on, it's like, all right, then we're adjusting from then on out. Well, we are a Suns podcast. We will be rooting you guys on for sure. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time. I know you probably need to go prep for the freaking NBA finals, but uh, but thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us, man, and, and best of luck to you guys the rest of the way. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good one. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. We've used Angie at my house. We had some work done. Uh, We had some painting done. 
we're able to find a bunch of really qualified people with good rates through Angie and pick someone we're really happy with. It was super easy to use the app, super easy to connect with someone. We got the call right away, so we didn't have to sit around and wait. Your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie gets the difficulties that come with home projects. Why not make it as simple as possible to tackle that project? Turn to Angie with confidence, even for major renovations or emergency repairs. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Our thanks to Langston for joining us. Uh, I can't fucking admit. He, it, before you guys got on, he was talking about he's up because he's got like a three-year-old and a, a relative newborn, so he's just up early. I think that's so funny that it's like you're getting ready for the NBA Finals, but you still have your – it's still your life. Like, it's still Monday. Your kids got to get up and go to camp or whatever it is. Like, I, I don't know why, but that really – like, that, I was really cracking up. <laughs> we all have certain things in common. You feel me? It's wild. That's wild. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Let's talk about uh, – before we get to uh, Rachel Nichols' gate, uh, let's talk about Shakari Richardson. And we just talked about this shit with Alex Caruso, bro. Like, weed – the devil's lettuce is still tobacco. Jazz cigarettes are still upending <laughs> fucking athletic careers for no reason whatsoever. Um, how do you guys feel about this shit with Shakari? Like, how insane is this though? 
Like she's the biggest star. So I mean, I, I don't. Is there is there somebody in the Olympics you're more excited to see compete than Shakira? It's, it's her, and her. Yes, her and Simone Biles. And Simone, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's it. That you know, it. what I mean, but we're talking about her with Simone Biles. You feel me? Right. Literal fucking goat. Okay. And you're weed in a it, it, she's smoking it in a place that is legal. Like, come on. Like, like. That's not, she didn't make the mistake. The rule is the mistake. You know what I mean? Like that, that is, that is insane to me. Like that, that, that we're still dealing with this now when motherfuckers are making so much fucking money off this shit. They don't have like liquor on the fucking, is it, is it wrong to drink alcohol? Like that's, that's, that's the I, equivalent I, of this. I think that I read and I'm, listen, I, I'm a track guy, but I, I stay as far away from any article with USADA in it as I fucking can. Mm-hmm. When she tested positive, they're not they're not not allowed to smoke weed. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to have it pop up as like you smoked weed before you competed. And I think that there is a similar provision with alcohol that like mm-hmm. you're you're basically not allowed to be intoxicated while you compete. Now, mm-hmm. why that's the case, especially for weed, I don't I don't know what the value of that is. Mm-hmm. We have hundreds of NFL and NBA and every you know players from other sports saying. Yeah, that was how I was dealing with anxiety when I was going out and competing, whatever. Like, I, I don't know why that would disqualify her, but I do think like that is what she tested for. And I mm-hmm. do want to note that it's they're not like anti weed. There's plenty of people who are smoking. And a friend of mine who was an Olympian said, you smoke the night before you just can't, <laughs> you just can't smoke, you know, and have it pop up as like, oh, it's in the system at the moment. You know what I mean? Wait, uh, so what's the difference? If you smoke the night before, it's going to pop up. You know what I mean? Like. It's like a certain amount or so. I don't, I mean, I, I don't get into the fucking drug testing <laughs> specifics on the shit. But what I know, what I, what I know is they're not testing people to make sure that they're not like, it's not like a job check. They're not seeing yeah, yeah. if there's anything in your system. It's like specifically a day of rate change, which is why whoever tweeted this shit about, People are gonna get high and throw the javelin into the crowd. Like that was fucking weird. Rightfully getting killed, but that is basically what they're testing for: is whether you are on the field with alcohol or drugs in your system. Weed is on the the painkiller list, and you know THC is a painkiller, but it's not a painkiller enough to where you can fucking like power through a sore hammy or some shit if you're a track star. You know what I mean? Weed doesn't kill pain that much, but right, the, the, the painkiller shit, I think it's more in there for because it's the same rule for the whole sport. So I think it's more mm-hmm. in there for the marathoners the people running 50 K's and shit like that, mm-hmm. that it's like, you're not dulling your system to go out and do stuff. I don't agree. I don't agree with the rule mm-hmm. or whatever. Obviously any rule that results in your biggest star not competing at the Olympics was a bad rule, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like you start at that point, but that was the only point that I would make about it is I don't think that they give a fuck whether the hammer thrower is smoking weed to celebrate becoming an Olympian or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just, she happened to, and, and that's why when you saw her come out, what she tweeted before the news went public was I'm human. Like she felt like she had fucked up by doing it so close to when she was competing or whatever. Mm-hmm. That it got popped because from what i know from olympic track people it's very well known how to be a regular smoker <laughs> whatever okay. you want to do and not have it fuck your race day test up if she fucking did that high off the za 
she's my favorite person on the motherfucking planet, nigga. If she got that Zaza in her system, smoking these motherfuckers, because her start wasn't the best, her finish was great. So she might have had a few, like, delayed reaction, you know what I mean? <laughs> and smoke the motherfuckers like that, you feel me? Come on, G. Hey, put the cape on her. She's a superhero. I think this shit is fucking ridiculous, though. It's just, I, I, yes. fuck all the dumb shit, bro. Like, she should be running. She should be running. She did not gain anything from smoking fucking weed. She had no, the, 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 the advantage she had was her fucking hard work and being blessed by fucking God. You know what I mean? And that's not illegal. So fuck this shit. Point fucking blank, you feel me? I'm not even talking to the mic because the mic doesn't work. I'm like, <laughs> point fucking blank. The mic's like, bitch, I ain't even on, nigga. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't even work, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, are you going on a weed strike to, to in support of Shakira? I am. I think the correct way to approach this is, is to actually increase our smoking of weed in her support. <laughs> that is the route Agreed. that I will be taking. <laughs> Every joint I light up is for Shakira this summer. I, I want to tell you something. Tyler, I mean, uh, Adrian is still like trying to find that strain of weed you had when we was in D.C. He was talking about that shit shit, man. That weed that Tyler had, woo. Like, yeah. dude, that was over a year ago, bro. That was like, that's close to a year and a half. This motherfucker still talking about that strain you had. You feel me? Like, nigga. I keep that gas. That's the case. Yeah, hey, hey, text that man to tell him because he over here thirsty as fuck, nigga. You know what I'm saying? This motherfucker like, this is a year and a half later. Boy, well, he was smoking back in DC. Nigga, we talking about barbecue, nigga. Like, all of a sudden, you bring this nigga up again. Boy, he was smoking that good gun. You feel me? But I remember Darren straight up saying, you all right, Darren? Darren was like, I can't feel my face. I'm like, Tyler really got rapery. I've never <laughs> heard anybody say that off, you know what I mean? Off a song, like not, you know, that shit was funny as hell. But anyway, let's um, move on. <laughs> I, that's, that's, uh, Tyler, I was cracking up so hard last night. I was off Twitter on the 4th for, because uh, it was Vinny's birthday. I popped on at like 10 p.m. I had, I mentioned to you guys, like 30 people texting me about Rachel Nichols for, I did not know why the fuck at the moment. But I saw Tyler got like 5,000 retweets off of not even posting a word. But it was just <laughs> someone had tweeted, we're not smoking weed all summer and some, until they let Shakiri run. <laughs> Tyler just know. posted the, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> let's not that, go that far, my nigga. <laughs> not take it that far. Good luck. You know what I mean? But not I. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> someone said, uh, someone quoted Tyler and said, like, we're not the athletes, we're the supporters. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, okay, let's talk about um, the story that gripped Twitter on the That's 4th sorry. of July. Uh, Rachel Nichols Gate. Uh, New York Times story came out um, and I just caught up on this shit. So let me preface this, which I always think is important in these conversations. Say we don't know any of these motherfucking people. Mm -hmm. I don't know any of the people like I don't know who they are. I'm a, I will say that I'm never surprised when I find out that a white person was talking out of both sides of their mouth about diversity. And mm -hmm. that is a, something that I believe all three of us agree firmly on. But what yeah. did you guys think of this story? I'm going to not try and catch everyone up on a 2,000-word in-depth story by the New York Times. 
Um, but I would say that all, I would just foreground the conversation by saying all I know about it is what was in the story. And that's it, because I don't know these people and I don't know any of the other shit. But what, what was your reaction to this story, Tyler? Yeah, so so Cliff Notes version, um, Rachel Nichols was speaking with um, LeBron's publicist, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think it says LeBron's publicist um, about Adam, how Adam Mendelson. Yeah, yeah. And about how, you know, Maria Taylor was getting a push and and how they wanted Maria Taylor to do, you know, sideline NBA reporting, which is Rachel Nichols gig. And then Rachel Nichols went on the whole, you know, I understand that this this was this conversation happened last summer. We all remember how last summer was, you mm-hmm. know, after the George Floyd and Breonna Taylor um, um, tragedies there. But, um, you know, basically, Rachel Nichols implied that they were, you know, pushing Maria Taylor because she was black. And 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 it's it's it. It, it threw us for a loop because Rachel Nichols has always seemed publicly to be on the side of diversity and inclusion, right? And it seems like so many people are on the side of diversity and inclusion until you have to give something up personally, until you have to make a way for someone, right? And for and for Rachel Nichols to imply that Maria Taylor, who was, you know, a college basketball athlete, who was who, who got her start in journalism as a college athlete, you know, who has worked her way up to the top, and you are Diane Sawyer's niece, right? And and we're talking, right? And 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 you got the nerve to act like people are pushing Maria Taylor on 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 her on us because she didn't deserve, she didn't work her way to this, and you are fucking Diane Sawyer's niece. Like, what are we doing here, man? Does anything else need to be said, nigga? Does anything else need to be said, Tyler? Bro, that, I think you just summed this shit up. I, I, a- I've got, I've got, I, I have one other thing to say, which is, I will, I'll say this. I always start at the very top on any of this shit because I will say, and I'm not saying this in defense of Rachel Nichols. I think she's probably absolutely right when she said it's a fucking. They're 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 making it woman on woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And that is outside of the control of Maria Taylor or Rachel Nichols. That hey, first of all, ESPN's basketball coverage fucking sucks so if you have a maria taylor and a rachel nichols why are you making the two of them feel like they're competing for the woman's spot mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like that's something that i think rachel nichols referenced that i think is probably very true and and that's a shit what she said was some fuck shit <laughs> what she said what was some mega fuck shit okay, and yeah, I'm, that's yeah. what i'm not saying in defense of rachel nichols oh, i'm sure, saying sure. she's commenting on a situation that it actually doesn't need to be that someone needs to make a way for diversity. They could just hire the best people. Maria Taylor, with all due respect to Rachel Nichols, is the best person that they have for that fucking job. So yeah. that's the end all be all of why she should have it. But like you are making women feel like we have one spot for a woman for who? For whose opinion that we needed to hear right, on ESPN right. <laughs> on their garbage ass fucking basketball coverage, bro. <laughs> Who part? That's who we squoze in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think it's interesting that it was said like in the like last year. Like she probably just dropped the fucking black box. You know what I mean? I mean, like two minutes ago, and then leans and she, you know, she was, I think, in the bubble when she said the shit. It was at its peak. You know, white people were whiting less at that moment. And she's on the phone, full weight, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Come on now, like, no, man. Like what you said, Mike, and you had to say that shit, you know, never surprised you're talking about both, both ends of the mouth, but I mean, like you said, Rachel, I, I was low-key surprised. I was surprised, you know what I mean? But 
You're surprised think, just because she, I mean, I think Tyler said she's, she's appeared to publicly say she's more than appeared to she's that's been sort of her brand is like, I'm pro diversity and pro new voices. And she had people who he, she's helped get on the jump or whatever, sticking up for her in that regard saying, Hey, she helped get me on this show or whatever. But that's why you're saying you're surprised because she's, yeah, that's she's why I was presented surprised. herself that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with, I mean, with certain people, I'm not like, I'm not, you know, like, I don't care how you present yourself. Like, uh, but with her, I definitely was, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate situation, but I think Tyler summed the shit up perfectly. You feel me? All right. As Tyler tends to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is like, dog, you're the biggest Tyler fan, dog. Like, I appreciate y'all, man. I, you know, That's my guy. One and two, you know what I mean? We right. <laughs> As Tyler said. As Tyler said. As Tyler said. <laughs> Um, anyway, ESPN, fuck you, Rachel Nichols, give me a fucking break. Like, I, I, but it is interesting. The one, here's the other thing we'll say. The only person who's faced any consequences for this is Kayla Johnson. A black woman. Yeah. Who is a black female yeah. producer at ESPN who admitted to sharing the clip with Maria Taylor and was suspended. And that's the only person who's had any kind of punishment whatsoever. And I would add, by the way, Rachel Nichols recorded herself saying this shit mm. and uploaded it to the ESPN server accidentally, which is <laughs> not a good time to be arguing that the younger talent shouldn't be getting right. bigger right. opportunities <laughs> when you're struggling to use the new tech. How do you feel about what? How do you feel? <laughs> Aside, Maria yeah, yeah. Taylor went to school to know how to do the shit, the shit that young people have to do with technology now. <laughs> how do y'all feel about what Mendelssohn said? Um, just going back to you know Springboard and what Mike said about how you never really know with with white people in these issues. Like you know, of course, with with any type of brawn you know, linked to any story, there's going to be a crowd blaming Braun for this. And we saw people, oh, well, Braun needs to vet his people better, bro. We, as, as, as Black people, we know that white people, you think there's no telling. When white people get away from us, a lot of them take off the mask here. And I'm never going to blame a Black person because a white person took down their facade in private. Absolutely not. Never. I mean, how, how does how does how does Braun in any way control what anybody says, Black, white, green, whatever the fuck, outside, you know what I mean? Like, at any moment, you know what I mean? But yeah, like you said, like even in like, I wouldn't play the country club of golf, you know what I mean? <laughs> I knew I was in enemy territory, you feel me? <laughs> so like, not just behind your back, I'm worried like, am I gonna have to say some shit? Like, you know what I mean? So like, even in front, like we, we have to like, it, it's uncomfortable at times, you know what I mean? But behind, behind his back, like, I don't know what he's supposed to, what Brian is supposed to do Maybe not fuck with him no more after yeah, this yeah, shit. He got to give him the boot. He got he got to yeah. boo that motherfucker. They're like you know what I'm saying between Black Lives Matter and Me Too. You know I'm, I'm exhausted. I, I'm exhausted, bitch. What about the niggas? What about the motherfucker with a Black Lives or the woman, the actual woman, like that is dealing with the fuck shit? I'm exhausted. He Bro, said I'm like, so tired of considering women and Black people to people, people right? Like, simultaneously, just, right. like in one I summer. I was tired of caring about people. Like, right. <laughs> Empathy. Empathy. <laughs> Empathy sucks. You know what I mean? Like, dog, like get the fuck out of here, bro. Like he got yeah, he, he gotta give him the yeah. Budarooski after that for sure. You feel he's me? He's got to go. Yeah, yeah. He's got to go. You you guys are was wild to me. You guys are two of the only people I've seen publicly express what basically every black person I know expresses privately, which is 
um, the table stakes are that white people are all racist to some extent. Like, you know what I mean? Like to some level, like there's no surprise when that happens. So mm-hmm. like, I don't think Braun thought Adam Mendelssohn had the perspective of a black person in America. No. And it doesn't invalidate the work that he did with voter registration drives in his school and everything, because it's like, if you're going to ask black people to find perfect white people to help them advance black causes, good <laughs> fucking luck, bro. I mean, you know, like, like, who's he going to hire? Like, how do you vet that? You should, like, it's exactly what Tyler said, like, which there we go again, but it's like, yeah, you, you almost assume, right. You, you both almost assume that like bronze publicist, Adam Mendelssohn would be different on a call with Rachel Nichols than he would be with Maverick Carter. Oh, I mean, oh no like, doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So, but that you was just hope they don't prove you right. That's, right. you know what I mean? Like, that's why, that's how you approach these situations. Like, mm-hmm. please don't prove me right. It, uh, it's not, just, you know, it, it happens more than you like it to happen. Yeah. It's remarkable that the black squares on Instagram didn't solve anything. My, 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 my <laughs> mom says something to me last summer that I thought was perfect. She said, well, if all these people really feel this way, I guess we'll actually get some shit changed. Right. Yeah. It's a lot easier to post it on Instagram, post the black square on Instagram mm-hmm. right, than right. it is to say, than it is for Rachel Nichols to go to ESPN and say, it's in my contract that I'm on this show. Put her on the fucking show too. Right, 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 right. And, and we're the two that- best people and you want us both to be on, then put both of us on the fucking show. Like th- she could have taken that stand instead of the stand that was just about her career. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, they didn't even listen to Maria when they asked her, hey, you know, I would prefer not to work with a person who doesn't think I'm qualified to have this fucking job, even though I work fucking hard. And they still try to squeeze her ass in that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, they haven't even respected her wishes when she's the fucking, you know, victim in this situation. You know what I mean? Like, dog, it's, 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 the way they're dealing with it is absolute fucking bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, and 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 uh, the the producer, uh, what was her name? The that 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 gave the, the Kayla she, Johnson. Kayla Johnson. You know what I mean? She ended up leaving because they were giving her like less than desirable jobs after that. You know what I mean? They're got trying to get her out of there. She got the There's, freeze out. Right. I mean, that's like, bro. I, I love how she. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did it. You know what I mean? I mean, motherfucker. Come on, man. But like, oh, I just the whole situation this is, is fucked up. This is the the issue with corporate media and corporate structure in general. And I know Tyler, I thought Tyler, I thought had some really great points about HR and the purpose of HR, but there's basically two ways you can live. You can live like Kayla Johnson by your own, by your own actual moral ethical code, and then not bother to lie or cover shit. Say, hell yeah. So someone says, someone says some fuck shit about her and uploaded it to our server that I'm on. Hell yeah, I told her someone said this shit about you and I showed it to you. Or you could build your brand around diversity and go out there and talk out of both sides of your mouth. And this situation is a great example of which one serves your career better. You could be Rachel Nichols or you could be a producer who was the only person to get punished and who then got frozen out and quit. Like that's the way that this corporate structure, not just in media, but I feel like in any large corporation, that's the way that it, that's the way it's incentivized. Like it's incentivized for you to bullshit. What did she do wrong though? For her to get suspended, pulling, I mean, like 
information that is available to Rachel Nichols or Maria Taylor. You know what I mean? Like that information is. She was on the producer's server, so she took something off the server to show it to Maria Taylor. I know, but I mean, and I think we, Maria. We I don't know that, Maria, to that though, right? I don't I think mean, Maria Taylor had access to it. But I don't. I mean, I. Yeah, yeah, there's there's the technicality shit that can always get you. She probably they probably fried her for for giving access to Maria Taylor for something that she shouldn't have had access to, which is bullshit. But yeah, that's how they do. And like I said in my tweets, don't ever think HR is on your side in these in any type of these situations. Like, um, there was a tweet saying, "This is why I don't go to HR." No, I implore you, go to HR with any and everything because you want that timeline established you want that paper trail established email them about everything if you have in-person meetings make sure you get a follow-up email you know that you send out to them detailing what will happen in those in-person meetings get that paper trail going get that timeline going make sure you cc your your personal email in all of these um emails too bcc yourself if you feel the need to do that but always go to hr with anything even though the hr is futile and you know that they're on the company side and they're not really going to take any significant action on the employees part of most of the most of these situations but go to HR with any and everything. Don't let this deter you because HR didn't take action here. HR rarely takes action. But like I said, just get that timeline and, and, and paper truck going in case you got to take their ass to court one day. Your point was basically HR is not on your side, but that's the agency. That's the part of your corporation you work for that will not delete the emails about what right. was happening. Exactly. <laughs> Correct the Mundo. Hey, this, whole, this whole system is fucking up. Like, listen, like, like, Going to the people you think are supposed to help you, you know they're not going to fucking mm -hmm. help you, but you need them to create a timeline. Yeah. You need if the documentation you somebody of them not helping you. Like yeah. how, like that is the most roundabout way to getting assistance that you could possibly fucking create on the fucking planet. You know what I mean? Like it's it's sickening. Jobs are fucking scams, bro. Oh my god, we really world, created man. this. We had so many ways to exist. I would rather be out here boxing a fucking lion. And, and living the fucking 30, 33 and be out this bitch to be sitting in the office, you know what I'm saying? Surrounded by motherfuckers that don't really fuck with me that I don't fuck with, you know what I mean? And if I need help going to people that don't really want to help me, it's all bullshit, all of it. All of it. That's why whenever we talk about astrophysics or whatever on this show, like that, this is the stupid human shit that I'm thinking about. Like the earth, like people, like you saw the Gulf of Mexico caught on fire over the weekend mm -hmm. yeah and everyone was like this? oh we're killing the earth it's such a the earth is not gonna fucking notice when we go extinct yeah. bro the earth will we're be killing fine. Us. like the <laughs> earth at one point was covered in a mile and a half of lava across its entire surface like we are here for a blink and the earth will not notice when we die. Yes. The house yeah. you're sitting in right now will be deconstructed within 30 years of humanity dying. Yeah, earth, <laughs> earth is not dying. Earth is adjusting to kill us. That's what, our, that's what the planet is doing. Earth is not dying at all. They are evolving to get us the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's not going to hurt. It's not ultimately going to hurt the earth. I mean, it'll hurt some other species when the temperature goes up and the water comes up, but it's not. The earth is still going to be here, bro. The earth's not going to blow up because the temperature went up two degrees. Humanity, the power grid's going to blow up. Like, <laughs> Earth got like another 300 billion years on this timeline, buddy. <laughs> it's going to be Gucci. You but know we have this. We might have 100. We'll see. We, you feel me? We have this <laughs> technology and knowledge and whatever and this opportunity and like this is the world we built like this is you know that's what, I mean? what trips me out all the time i'm driving around i mean i'll say this flying 
at night is the one time where I look over the planet. And I'm like, damn, I could see if you see the world from this, you know, point of view. We, this is kind of hard, you know what I mean? But the actual existing within what we've created, all these systems that surround us is fucking trash. We are not good at it. It's not enjoyable. It doesn't halfway work. You know what I mean? I mean, at least not for me as a nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> In this experiment that we created. You but again, me? from the perspective of the jet, because you have more melanin than me, yeah. your mortgage rate is going to be 1.5% higher and it's right. going to try and actively keep your family from owning a house. What? How does that make any fucking None sense? Bro, bro. It's, 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 <laughs> like nothing today makes sense unless you explain the whole history of a country or humanity. You know what I mean? You have but to let's like, this though. without the previously on, if yeah. you were to just show up for this episode of today on planet earth, None of change the channel. I would change the channel ASAP. But Mike, you were you 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 were like as a white male, you ran up out that shit at like 24. You know what I mean? Or 26, whatever you like. I don't want I don't want to fucking work in this fucking system. Fuck this shit. It doesn't work for anybody. Nobody truly likes it. And we still consistently deal with this, bro. Like, what the fuck? Nigga, you know what I mean? Like, people are trying to go back into the office. Bitch, do you like, like, <laughs> do you want to shower at six thirty and fight traffic to get back in that bitch? Wait, but wait, wait, wasn't there wasn't there a study? Didn't Pew do a study of like who wants to go back into the office? And it was like no one wants to go into the office, but like six percent of black people wanted to go back into the office. It was just That's, like no, <laughs> that ain't our type of party, man. Bro, <laughs> not like it in the <laughs> Like who the we fuck wants to go? It's, it's just it's who wants to go back to being the only black face or one of the two. Right. 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 No, bro, bro, I, I, working it, dude, working with like Kevin on stage, bro. Like when we were saying nigga in the office, I was like, this is Narnia. You <laughs> <laughs> saying nigga in meetings? I'm in a meeting. I'm like, nigga, fuck out of here. They gonna like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, bro, I'm like, does this exist? You feel me? Like crazy, crazy. But yeah, for the most part, though, when you leave that type of space. It's not built for us. Now, I'm not trying to go in that motherfucker. You know what I mean? For why? For why? I'm at home. I created this space for myself. And I'm supposed to want to leave this to sit in a fucking cubicle because I have a standing desk. That's what's supposed to get me in that bitch. And some fucking chocolate-covered almonds. Well, thank you. I miss the fucking almonds, bitch. I hope you pay me enough. I'll go to fucking Trader Joe's and grab me some of the bitches. Weird-ass niggas. Can't believe a nigga wanna be going back to this bullshit. Earth tried to give us an opportunity to see how we fucked up and we're blowing that bitch. The basic shit. Going back to work, we're blowing that weak ass. We see we can work from home and the world is fine. And you wanna take your ass in the office? Nigga, what the fuck? Oh, no, nigga, fuck humans, bro. We're crazy as shit. People can't wait Honestly. to get back into the lunch meeting with Rachel. Right. <laughs> Bro, I'm hiding all the time. Every, you know what I mean? You want to make me hide in a month again? I got to go back to... Nigga! Oh, oh, man. You're at home. Anyway. I, I have to do... Speaking of things being broken and not working, uh, I do have to end the show by naming uh, the Booger Boy of the Week is Mike Gardabasio. <laughs> Um, no, this is a shocking development. I, uh, so 
as a brief history for people who picked us up with the volume, we used to have a podcast that we did on Patreon and we had several hundred people, several hundred people, like a thousand people sign up on the Patreon. They were paying us some money for podcasts every month. When we signed with the volume, obviously we're going to the volume. All the shows are free. We were really excited about that. People not having to pay for it, et cetera, and us still being able to be paid for it. But we had a bunch of podcasts up on Patreon, many of which we felt were pretty good and people liked. So we didn't want to delete the Patreon and delete all that content. So what we told people was, we're just going to pause the billing every month so that you don't get charged for it. But if you were, if you had signed up, you could still listen to all the podcasts, whatever works. Cause there's a lot of non-time sensitive shit on there. I forgot to pause the billing for July, which mm. meant that on July 1st, I woke up and had a fucking heart attack <laughs> because I saw we had charged all of our Patreons. Our <laughs> favorite followers too. Our These people like supporting the us fucking with, with us, their like, own real. pocket, from their own pockets. Like, come on, dog. Um, so, uh, I am individually, there's no refund all option on Patreon. So I am my booger boy of the week is I am individually looking up every single subscriber to hit refund for the money. And I will never forget to pause the billing again. And we will probably delete the shit because I'm just going to be too stressed the fuck out about it. Um, <laughs> but I did already pause the August billing. So if you're on there anyway, that's why I'm the booger boy of the week. Uh, thank you to everyone. Everyone's been so nice. It's been making me sick to my stomach. So nice. Which, which doesn't make it better. Like you said, doesn't make it better. It makes me feel worse about it. Everybody's <laughs> so, so people like keep it. I'm like, I don't want this. It's dirty money. <laughs> Take your money back, please. Someone told me donate it because the 562, my day gig, we're doing a fundraiser. We're a nonprofit. Someone said, donate my money to the 562. And I was like, shoot me in the face. Did you already right? did you cry? How did you not? Yeah, I was just like, oh my God. I, I took $5 out of your wallet for no reason. And you're like, give it to your charity. <laughs> oh, we really got some good folks who fuck we with us. We got some good, solid people. Like the people that fuck with us make me feel like we're good people. You know what I mean? Like, I think like the people that surround you can kind of tell you the type of person you are. You know what I mean? But like. If we have people like that that are fucking with us, we're doing some cool shit. That that's solid. That's reassuring. You feel me? That's our Protect show. Take your money back. Get your money. Get your refund. I just <laughs> you know? decided to just do go through and do it all rather than taking the request from. It's just well, just do it all. It's just gonna take mm -hmm. me two fucking days. But um, that's my bad. Thank you to everyone for being patient and so nice about it for sure. That's our show for the uh, the day. We'll be back on Thursday, talking about game one and then previewing game two of the finals. Uh, as well as some other stuff that John will actually be interested in talking about. Watch Thank Loki. God. We're going to talk about Loki on uh, uh, next Monday's show. So make sure you're caught up for that uh, when the new one drops on Wednesday. And subscribe, five stars, youtube.com slash the volume. Um, bye. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.